Hi, my name is Brittany and I'm 11 years old. And I think Jesus is better than anything else because he's never sinned. Being a kid isn't easy. You know you're supposed to be good. And sometimes you feel like you're doing a great job. But then the next minute, you do something wrong again. That's why we need Jesus and to remember the good news of the gospel every day. Not just the part about when Jesus came to earth, but God's rescue plan from before he even created the world and the hope of living with him forever so that we can see through every story in the Bible why Jesus is better than anything else and why he wants you to join him. Welcome to another episode of the Jesus is Better podcast. I'm Alicia Yoder, and I'm excited to explore some more Bible stories with you. Because even though Jesus seeks us out like a shepherd looks for his lost sheep, he also invites us to seek and find him. So let's see what Jesus has for us to find today. Last week, we heard how Saul rescued the people of Jabesh-Gilead because God's Spirit came on him and helped him gather a huge army. But then, when they went to fight the Philistines and saw how huge their army was, some of the soldiers ran away and hid. Saul offered the sacrifice Samuel was supposed to offer to God. And when Samuel got there, He told Saul that his kingdom wouldn't last because of his disobedience. Saul only had about 600 soldiers left in the army, and only he and Jonathan had swords because the Philistines had kept the Israelites from having them. One day, Saul's son Jonathan said to the man who carried his armor, Let's go check out that group of Philistines on the other side of our camp but he kept the secret from his father and the rest of the army who were camped at a cave in Gibeah. Jonathan and his servant came to a spot between two cliffs, and Jonathan said, Let's go into this Philistine camp. Maybe the Lord will help us, because nothing can keep him from saving, whether he uses many people or few. And the man said, Do whatever you would like. I am with you, heart and soul. Then Jonathan said, When we cross over, we'll let the men see us. If they say, Wait until we come to you, then we won't go to them. But if they say, Come up to us, then we will go up. For the Lord has given us the victory. It will be a sign for us. So they showed themselves to the Philistines, who said, Look, the Israelites are crawling out of the holes they've been hiding in. Come up to us, and we'll teach you a lesson. So Jonathan said to his friend, Climb up after me. God has given them into the hand of Israel. He climbed up using his hands and feet with his friend right behind him. The Philistines fell before Jonathan, and his armor-bearer followed behind, killing twenty men. Then the whole army started to panic, because God had made them afraid. 
Some of Saul's men looked and saw the Philistine army running in all directions. Saul said to his men, Count everyone and see who has left us. When they did, they discovered that it was Jonathan and his armor-bearer. Saul and his army gathered for battle and found the Philistines so confused that they were using their swords to fight each other. The Israelites who had joined the Philistines went back to the Israelite army, and the soldiers who had been hiding came out and joined in the battle. So the Lord rescued Israel that day. But the Israelite soldiers were distressed because Saul had made them take an oath, saying, If anyone eats something before evening, when I have defeated my enemies, they will be cursed. So none of the army had tasted any food. When they entered the woods, they saw honey on the ground, oozing out, but no one took it because they were afraid of the oath. Jonathan had not heard his father's oath, so he reached out and dipped his staff into the honeycomb, and when he tasted it, he felt stronger. Then one of the men from the army told him about the oath, saying, That's why the men feel weak. Jonathan said, My father has brought trouble. See what happened when I ate the honey? It would have been better for the men to eat some of the animals they took from their enemies. Wouldn't we have been able to defeat even more Philistines? By the end of the day, the men were exhausted and grabbed the animals they had captured and cut them up, eating them with the blood still on them. Someone came to Saul saying, Look, the men are sinning against the Lord by eating meat that has blood on it. You have done wrong, Saul said to the army. Roll a large stone over here and have the men bring their animals here to prepare and eat them. Don't sin against the Lord by eating the meat with the blood still on it. So everyone brought their animals and Saul built an altar to the Lord. He said, Let's go after the Philistines tonight and fight them until the morning. The army said, We will do whatever seems best to you. But the priest who was with them said, Let's ask the Lord first. So Saul asked God, Should I go after the Philistines? Will you let us defeat them? But God didn't answer him. So Saul said, Bring the leaders of the army to me, and let's find out who sinned today. Even if it is my son Jonathan, the man must die. None of the men said a word. So Saul and Jonathan stood on one side, and the army stood on the other. Saul prayed, God, give us the right answer. Jonathan was chosen, and Saul said, What have you done? So Jonathan said, I only tasted a little honey with my staff. Now I have to die for it? Saul said, May God's punishment be on me if you don't die, Jonathan. But the men said, Should Jonathan die, even though he has brought this great deliverance to Israel? He did this with God's help. 
So the men rescued Jonathan, and he was not put to death. Then Saul stopped chasing the Philistines, and they escaped to their own land. Saul fought hard against all the enemies that came against him. He had three sons and two daughters, and he put his uncle in charge of the army. He fought against the Philistines the entire time he was king and took any brave man he found into his army. Before one of the battles, Samuel said to Saul, I anointed you king, so listen to this message from the Lord. It is time to punish the Amalekites for the way they fought against the Israelites during the time they were traveling in the desert. Destroy them and everything that belongs to them. So Saul gathered his army of 210,000 men and hid close to the city of Amalek. When they attacked, Saul took Agag, king of the Amalekites, alive, along with the best of the sheep and cattle. They only destroyed the people and the weak animals. Then God spoke to Samuel. I am sad that I made Saul king, because he has turned away from me and disobeyed my commandments. Samuel was frustrated and cried out to the Lord all night. Early in the morning, he went to meet Saul, but was told, Saul has gone to Carmel and set up a statue in his own honor. When Samuel found him, Saul said, The Lord bless you. I have followed the Lord's instructions. But Samuel said, Why do I hear sheep bleeding and cattle lowing then? Saul answered, The soldiers kept the best of the sheep and cattle to sacrifice to the Lord your God, but we completely destroyed everything else. Stop, Samuel said. Let me tell you what the Lord said to me last night. Tell me, Saul replied. Even though you didn't see yourself as important, has the Lord not anointed you king over all Israel? He sent you on a mission to destroy the Amalekites. Why didn't you obey the Lord? Why did you take the plunder and do evil in the eyes of the Lord? Saul said, But I did obey the Lord. I destroyed the Amalekites and brought back their king. The soldiers took the best of the sheep and cattle in order to sacrifice them to the Lord. But Samuel said, Does God delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying his voice? Obedience is better than sacrifices. Listening is better than the best part of the offerings. Rebellion is like witchcraft, and pride is like worshiping idols. Since you've rejected God's words, he has rejected you as king. Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned and disobeyed the Lord's command and your instructions. I was afraid of my army, so I gave in to them. Now forgive me, so that I may worship the Lord. Samuel said, I won't go back with you because you've rejected God's words and you are rejected as king of Israel. As Samuel turned to leave, Saul grabbed his robe and it ripped. 
Samuel said, The Lord has torn your kingdom away and given it to one better than you. God, the glory of Israel, doesn't lie or change his mind. Saul said, I have sinned. Please come back with me to honor me while I worship the Lord with the people. So Samuel did and then said, Bring the king of the Amalekites. And he put him to death. Samuel left to go back home and didn't go to see Saul again, though he was sad over Saul. And God was sad he had made Saul king. Have you ever felt like your parents were forcing you to do something you didn't want to do? Did it make you want to obey with a joyful heart? God has given us parents who are supposed to lead us in the right ways to live. But if they only shouted at us to do things like cleaning up our room or doing our homework or pushed us around, it wouldn't make us want to obey them out of love. God holds all the power in the universe, but he doesn't physically push us around. Instead, he gives us a choice for whether we're going to obey or not. He longs for us to choose to live under his authority and kingship so our choices can line up with the good things he's doing in the world, in his kingdom, instead of hurting other people. But we have to actually believe that Jesus is a good king to follow if our hearts are going to keep listening for him. King Saul got scared and discouraged when he saw his army scattering because of the big Philistine army. But Jonathan believed that God could do anything, and it made him attack the Philistines Saul had been so scared of and opened the way for God to show his power by throwing the Philistines into a confusion so the Israelites could come and defeat them. When Saul saw the panic in the Philistine camp, what did he do? Did he worship God for his power? Nope. He wanted to be the man in charge and instead made everyone promise not to eat anything until he had defeated the Philistines. By acting as their leader in such a selfish and stupid way, his decision caused the people to be even more tempted to sin, which they did when they just grabbed the animals at the end of the day and ate them with the blood that the Lord had told them never to eat. The people even had to convince Saul not to kill his own son for eating the honey when their kingly leader was supposed to be the one giving them wisdom. Saul also continued to wander out from God's authority when he made his own decisions about fighting the Amalekites and gave in to the people's desire to keep the best of the sheep and cattle. He had convinced himself that he had obeyed God enough by doing what made sense to him. And when he started arguing with Samuel, Samuel saw that Saul wasn't really repentant or sorry because he still thought he knew best and that all God wanted was his sacrifices instead of his obedient heart. Even by begging Samuel to go with him to worship God, Saul cared more about the way he looked to others 
and didn't seem to care as much that he was rejected by God as long as he could keep looking like he was in charge. We don't have to think of God's authority or him being the king of our lives as something hard because it's when we're following him that we can enjoy the best life he has for us. Because of Jesus' sacrifice, giving us new hearts that are turned toward him, we don't have to be afraid when he leads our hearts to repent of something or anything else he wants to do to free us from living and thinking we always know what the best decision is and can take care of ourselves on our own. Instead, we can go into each day believing that our King Jesus knows what's best and can show his power through our lives. And because he sent his spirit to live in us, we have been anointed as little kings to lead others to know Jesus and join in his work of showing his beauty and glory to the world. Others will be blessed and will even come to you for guidance and wisdom as you keep walking with Jesus. As we believe more in Jesus' power, we can be less afraid of times when we feel like our army is being scattered, like when our friends are mad at us, or our parents are too busy, or we keep doing poorly in school. And instead, look at it like Jonathan did a chance to see how powerful Jesus can be in a tough situation. Let's pray. Jesus, we praise you for your power. Would you show us the places in our lives where we think we're in control and help us to invite you to be king over every part of our days? Thank you for never leaving us. Amen. Okay, friends, let's keep following our good and powerful King Jesus. And I'll talk to you next time.